Bible bourgeoisie. We don't have a name for this yet. However, John and I are going to talk about it later. Maybe flesh it out. Um, maybe throughout throughout this first uh, titular episode. Well, no, it's not yeah, titular because we don't have a title for it. But maybe this can be the titular <laughs> episode. And at some point, at some point throughout this episode, you'll say a funny phrase or something. No pressure, but if yeah, you, you could put a lot of burden on in, me, if you could work in a really funny phrase or something throughout this, that'd be great. Like the way then, you the way you said that kind of just felt like I'm not gonna say it, so you have to. Oh no, I'm not gonna. I'm definitely not gonna be the one who says the name of the podcast. What if we just call our podcast Sodom and Gomorrah? We could do that. We could call each. We could have a different <laughs> name of the podcast each episode. <laughs> a different. A different RSS feed for every single episode. Really keep people guessing. Yeah, the most difficult podcast to listen to on the net. <laughs> Just like the Bible, the most difficult book to get into. So anyway, uh, on this episode, so our, our general idea for this podcast is we're going to talk about fun Bible stories that everyone is so- somewhat familiar with. Yeah. Yeah, from uh, their childhood maybe, or maybe it's just, you know, stories that everyone knows of but maybe you've never learned about super in depth yeah like stories that are that are in the like cultural pool of things that everyone kind of knows about but might not know the actual story and like as far as we're gonna like take it we're not gonna go like we strongly agree or disagree with these things Uh, no and actually i think i think uh we're sort of yeah we're gonna be trying to take sort of an intellectual approach to this yeah um a little bit of uh background on myself um i guess we should introduce ourselves say (laughs) say who we are but what if we didn't (laughs) what if we just what if we never did all right some background on myself i'm not going to tell you who i am uh because this is an anonymous podcast (laughs) uh but i went to catholic school for i'm gonna say 13 years 13 years, kindergarten through grade 12. That's a lot of years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, yeah, so I was, uh, so that's probably the biggest reason I don't consider myself to be Catholic anymore. That'll do um, it. But I don't think that's necessarily relevant, uh, because I still find these stories fun and fascinating and still have vague memories of many of them from childhood. But it turns out there's a lot that I didn't know about these sto- about some of these stories, and we're gonna get into that. Uh, and and for me, the other voice who will apparently also remain anonymous, unless at some point we're probably gonna say each other's names during this. So like, just suss out the information, I guess. Um, I was not uh, like a Catholic school boy, but I was raised for pretty much my entire life in a small conservative Christian town. I, I was raised Catholic and went to CCD, which I forget what that stands for. Me too. <laughs> I was really <laughs> hoping you were going <laughs> to... I was leaning in being like, oh yeah, CCD. That was the thing that non-Catholic school kids went to at night. Uh, but I, yeah, I never knew we, what it stood for. We went every Sunday before church. And some for some years it was on like Wednesday night, and that was really inconvenient. But yeah, I, I was raised Catholic for my whole life. Got the Got the confirmation and the the other fun stuff and ate the body of our lord and savior jesus christ they dipped you in that spirit water mm, yeah they dipped me in that spirit water real good oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm i'm in a similar but different boat to josh's like there's a lot of stories you hear about but that's that sort of thing is when you learn bible stories they don't they don't tell kids 
a lot of the like more graphic or weird things uh they they kind of go understandably to try and teach a moral lesson for most of the parts of them from from what i've gathered but there's so much there that like if you asked me about i would not know and it's there really in the story but but i didn't know it before i read the actual book it's, yeah, I think I think at this point it might be helpful if we actually uh, dive into our first story a little bit. Um, and we're not entirely sure of what the format of this is going to be. Uh, so bear with us as we sort of stumble through and try and put some shape around this. Yes, it's it's going to form around us, I think. Uh, we'll, we'll really try and fit ourselves into a, a form at some point that works. So our, our first story is that of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes, from uh, Genesis 18-19. Um, so John, I, uh, before reading any of this, like when we decided we're going to do, uh, that story, I think you were a little bit more familiar with it than I was. Mm -hmm. So before I read it and before I read any of your notes on it or anything, uh, I opened a, a Google doc and wrote down everything that I knew about it and everything <laughs> that I could think of about it. And you uh, have this document. And I, and I have this document here, which I'd like to share with you. Here it is. So, so, I don't think I. I think we should probably just lean into the fact that Sodom, I think, is the namesake of sodomy, the yes. act, the activity. Which, in case you don't know, sodomy is, uh, well, it's butt stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say, read your notes for a moment, and then I, I will. Okay, so my notes consist of two bullet points. Uh, I guess one bullet point and one sub bullet point the first bullet point being i think this is where butt stuff comes up and then my second mm -hmm. sub bullet point sort of stems from the fact that i knew it was an old testament story so i was i figured god gets mad about butt stuff and presumably destroys a bunch of people i think that's the entirety of what i knew about yeah. sodom and gomorrah ahead of time which is to be fair what a lot of people like a lot of people associate the story of sodom and gomorrah with well, that's why God hates homosexuality. Um, but I do also just want to put in a little fun fact about the word sodomy. So a lot of people think sodomy just means butt stuff. But there's more. Sodomy actually is a all-encompassing term for anything that's not regular sex. So fellatio can be considered sodomy. No, really? Uh, under some definitions, bestiality can be considered sodomy. Like it's it's oh, anything. Oh, so like Sodom. The city was just uh, was supposed to be sim symbolizing this just sexual depravity yeah. of any sort. Yes, which uh, once we get through the story, there's a fun little side note at the end that I just like to bring up in relation to, like, to characterize uh, what the Bible says God is cool with and isn't cool with. Uh, that happens pretty much immediately after the story of Sodom and Gomorrah in relation to Lot. Um, and it's a brief little snippet that I'll bring up once we get there. But it's weird what God is cool with and what he's not cool with. When people think of Sodom and Gomorrah, they think of butt stuff and homosexuality. Um, and, like, they think, oh, there's two cities destroyed by fire, uh, described as sinful, and it's the place where that lady got turned to salt for looking at it. See, that I didn't even know about. That was never an image that I had in my <sighs> head about. I, I don't think that was in the VeggieTales version. <laughs> I don't um, so I think that completely... See. missed my uh like my mind um that so i think that's fascinating um we should do you want to do it 
do you want to break up, uh, talk about Genesis 18 and then uh, 19, since they're two distinct kind of stories that sort of mesh, or do you want, how do you want to do it? So the way I took the notes was I just kind of combined them all together, but I know you can bring up Genesis 18 and we can kind of go through it a little bit like that. Because it does start, uh, really the story of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah starts before, you know, they get to Sodom. It starts with Abraham and... Yeah, so it starts outside of these cities. They're on... So I'm picturing them on a cliff, sort of Lion King style, looking out. I'm not sure if that's correct, but that's sort of the imagery that uh, came to my mind. And Abraham lives in a tent. Yeah. So as far as I can gather, and the geography of the situation is really weird, because at the end of Sodom and Gomorrah, there's uh, Lot and his family are fleeing, and um, they talk about... Like, we aren't able to get to this city you told us about over here, which is, I'm assuming is, like, Abraham's place, you know, his tent city. But there's another city <laughs> close by that they can get to that is only brought up in that moment. And I don't understand the geography. Okay, cool. Uh, maybe we'll include in the show notes for this a nice little map if we ever figure that out. If, if we um, ever figure out notes but, or maps. Right. Yeah, if we figure out how to do notes even. But yeah. for now... We're on this Lion King-esque cliff, yes. looking out over these cities, and Abraham is outside of this tent, which his wife is in, and Abraham's yes. talking to God, right? Yes. He's out there talking to God, and uh, there's, there's some fun stuff that involves his wife and children and stuff, um, which, which we can get into if you want, but I was just going to jump to the part where the, the, the men show up. Oh, yeah, I think, uh, so that's the beginning of 19? Is that correct? No, I because uh, it's right. Oh, There's... oh, the part. Okay, so the part where Abraham sort of tries to test, like it's almost like a a thought experiment um, from like philosophy one hundred one. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? from like from like a philosophy one hundred one class. Uh, so for those who don't know the story, the Spark Notes version of Genesis eighteen is uh, there is. They're on this cliff. Uh, Sarah is in the tent. Uh, and then Abraham, at some point, uh, God is like, I'm going to destroy those cities. And then Abraham is like, but don't. Is like, but what if? What about the good people there? Like, what if I can find 50 good people? And uh, God's like, yeah, I'll probably spare it. And then Abraham uh, lowers it and says, okay, what about, what about 40 good? Or no, he goes to 45 next. Yeah, he starts with like some small increments. Like, he's really like slow stepping into the water of testing testing it down so it goes to like 45 and then 40 and then i think he makes the jump to 30, 30 from there yeah so he goes down by five initially and is because i think maybe he doesn't want to make god mad yeah. or but eventually he works his way down to 10 okay john how about you and i have <laughs> that conversation as, right. as if we are real human beings do you want to be abraham or god i will be god all right so we're just gonna are, are we gonna just read right from the book um or let's we... l let's let's paraphrase a bit. Right. Uh, although I do like the word per adventure, <laughs> uh, per adventure, which appears a lot in the version that I read, which is the Mechan Mamre Hebrew uh, Bible version, because I feel like I feel like the Jews are probably the authority on yeah. on what these stories are and should be. I don't and, I don't know if I trust King James. Yeah, and I I will say like the the Jewish research on this also has some much hotter takes than gay people are bad because like I did a little like I, I have a lot of thoughts about this this story uh, which which I also get into throughout. 
Um, but like the section we're about to reenact right now, I feel also highlights the fact that like humanity is really concerned about caring for other people. Well, God is just like, I'm going to destroy these two cities. And that really like, it elucidates some things about God versus humans for me because Abraham is like, please don't kill all those people. And God is like, I'm, I'll, I'll try not to. So I, as the Lord, say, I'm going to destroy those two cities. I'm going to do it. I'm going to kill them. Sure, they're suffering, and but their sins are grievous. Peradventure, <laughs> there are 50 good people in the city. Will you, will you still destroy the city? Well, if you put it that way, if, if I find 50 good people, I'll, I'll probably let them live. Alright. We good? But per adventure, what if there are forty-five good people in this city? Oh, I mean that's fewer than you offered me initially. But yeah, yeah, I'll I think I think I can do forty-five. Per adventure. Just throwing this out there. Forty? Well, you see, you keep moving the goalposts here. I'm not quite sure. Not not quite. I mean, okay, yeah. I guess 40, 40 righteous people are worth worth sparing these two cities, which I just really want to destroy. But if, if you find 40 righteous people, we're good. Good, cool. Now, you, you agreed to 40. Per adventure, though, 30? Now, that's significantly less than your initial offer of 50, but yes, if you find 30, I will spare them. We have an accord. Now... Done deal. Now, there's only two cities here, so... So, you know, that 30, per adventure, maybe you're feeling 20. Twenty. Hmm. See, I, I, I sense a trend, but as an omniscient, omnipotent being, I'm gonna... I'm going to see where this is going. I'm going to say yes. If if you find 20 righteous people, I will spare them. I, I like what I'm hearing. I have one final offer per adventure, though. Uh, not 20, but 10? Final offer. 10. Hmm. Yeah, you know, if you find 10 righteous people, I will spare those entire cities. Good. And that's it. That's That's the entire conversation. And God is a I, terrible haggler. I have a few a few issues. And by the way, quick side note, per adventure means perhaps. <laughs> I looked it up. I'm going to use that word a lot. So a few things bother me about that. Uh, it seems like it's an interesting thought experiment, but also why stop at 10? Wouldn't it yeah. be like, I feel like you logically have to go down to one. Like, they don't yeah. explore where the line actually is, because in order, if they really wanted to figure out any sort of moral story there, they would have, yeah. they would have gone down until, until God until, was like, nah, you said, you said right, five. Right, until, until he said, no, five is my absolute minimum, and then we can all learn five good people can save cities. Yeah. That would have been a real moral lesson. They're really just terrible hagglers on both sides, because like, Abraham is winning every single time he puts out a number. Abraham is also also kind of annoying. Yeah. Like, he's like like if if this was his plan it doesn't it doesn't say so I guess we don't necessarily know but the scripture does not say that he thought about it or took some yeah. time or anything. 
he just they set it up as if it's an immediate uh back and forth god says okay then abraham says but yeah it's literally if you look at it as you go through it's the same exact words with the numbers replaced yeah so then after that little exchange that we just had uh genesis 18 finishes off by saying and the lord went his way as soon as he had left off speaking to abraham and abraham returned unto his place so pretty much they both went home yeah and i I will say it is important to also consider the big reason why uh abraham was doing this betting which is also again why he should have tried to fight for one is because his cousin lot lived in sodom Oh, oh, they're cousins. Yes. I don't think I ever picked up on that. Uh, I thought this was like a, um, sort of like a Guy Ritchie style <laughs> couple of plots that we start off and then they end up colliding at the end. So I thought Lot and his angel yeah. thing, which we'll give a synopsis of shortly. Well, you obviously didn't watch the animated child's movie I sent to you two weeks ago <laughs> oh. about this entire story. But... John, this, so I feel like we should establish this early. You, for the listeners, John came very prepared to record this podcast. <laughs> John researched this story like we both agreed to two weeks ago. John was true to his word. <laughs> Myself, not so much. Um, so Genesis 18, super fun. Uh, well, actually, no, super boring. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Super like, it's just like the worst. It's like if you wrote... If you were trying to write a scene or a conversation between two people where the only direction you were given was make people haggle, this is the bare minimum. It's like, yes, that has happened. Yeah. It, um, it's like a conversation written by someone who's never heard a conversation before, I think. It's kind of how it reads to me. Yeah. And I wonder if any of that is because we are reading the English and not the original... <laughs> original hebrew or his aramaic i'm not sure what abraham would have been speaking i don't know i don't know either moving on so one thing i do want to include at this moment too is like we didn't actually like we we talked about the fact that god says like they're bad places um they're like the the maz eisley cantina of the uh, biblical world uh actually in ezekiel uh, ezekiel 16 49 50 there's this particular quote about Sodom um, and it's actually talking about how terrible Jerusalem was at this point, comparing Jerusalem to Sodom. Now, this was the sin of your sister, Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. They were haughty and did detestable things before me. Therefore, I did away with them as you have seen. Oh, which is some really, I think, important side notes because so they were just you know shitty people they yeah. didn't they didn't care about the poor and and worst of all they were haughty they were very haughty i i can't i can't stand there. haughty people so the next scene is essentially the angels going to sodom and we'll get into like the actual verbalized reasons why sodom is bad so for for the un- uninitiated john can you give like a 30 second one minute long spark notes of the entirety of Genesis 19. All right, so the, like the 30-second Sparknote versions of it is uh, 
two angels come to town and they run into Lot, uh, Abraham's cousin who's outside. The angel's like, hey, we're going to go chill in the square for the night. And Lot is like, no, 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 no. You will come to my home. You're, you know, guests in the city. Uh, so Lot's being a great guy to Lot's, these angels. Yeah, right. again, which is why Abraham should have fought for one. But, or maybe even like four, well, three, well, no, four, because he had a wife and two daughters. So if he could have got the number down to four, I assume they're all good people. All right. But in some versions of the Bible, they also say, uh, like, ten good men. So that could be like that, mm, yeah. that patriarchy working. So what happens then is he goes and takes the angels to his home. And then all the men of Sodom and Gomorrah come knocking at their door. And and they're pretty clear about this. Uh, every single man. <laughs> they, they say, but what do they say? They say every, uh, da, 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 let me see. Um, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, uh, compassed the house round, both young and old, all the people from every quarter. They are very clear that it's like, nope, every single man, young and old, showed up at Lot's house. And, uh, and then the next line is, uh, and they called unto Lot and said unto him, where are the men that came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. Which... Now, I know a little bit about biblical terminology <laughs> and how some words may not mean what we think them yeah. to mean. So, knowing someone in a biblical sense, yes. is that what we're talking about here? Are we talking about sex? Other translations of this include, uh, bring them to us so that we may have sex with them, bring them to us so we may fornicate with them, uh, and there was one other one that I didn't write down, but there were like three... It might have been just the so that we may know them. But, yeah, it is in a biblical sexual sense. So they're like, yo, Lot, we want to fuck these angels. Like, we're trying to go to town on these handsome, handsome dudes you brought. Young and old, we're trying to go to goddamn town. So Sexual depravity is rampant. So then here, here it gets worse, and this isn't even what I want to bring up at the end, but this is just a part of the story. Lot is like, hey, listen, these are guests in my home. I can't let you have sex with them. But I do have two daughters who are who have never known a man. So at this point, Lot is offering up his daughters. Maybe he's not a good man. <laughs> but Lot is essentially offering up his daughters to be, like, gang raped by the entire city? Which is a lot. Not cool, man. Yeah, no, I don't think he's I a mean, good guy I mean, Well, I know, like, in, in biblical times, they, like, I don't know, your kids were your possessions. So I suppose, socially, that was probably an acceptable thing. Yeah. However, what the fuck? <laughs> and then the dudes at the door are like, no, 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 no. We want to fuck those handsome, handsome men you have. And because you said we couldn't, we're going to treat you even worse than those handsome, handsome men. They threatened to burn down his house. <laughs> they threatened to do bad things to Lot for not letting them have sex with him. So I've completely derailed your Sparknotes version. Uh, but I, I am all... Angels come, go to Lot's house. <laughs> angels come, go to Lot's house. Men try to have sex with angels. Lot says no after offering his daughters. And as the men try and break in through the door... The angels then struck the men at the door blind. And it doesn't say how many, at least in the, the, the text I read. I don't know if it says it in the one you did. But it just says it struck the men at the, at the house with blindness. So what I understand that is that they struck every man in the city of Sodom blind. Which is, whoa. Wait. Question. 
Is this what you know that myth where if you masturbate too much you go blind? It might be. Is that is that where this came from? Is it like, hey, if you're if you're uh, just sexual deviant like the residents of Sodom and Gomorrah, I think they're both included here. But if you're if you're a sexual deviant, then you will lose your sight yes. via, via some angels. sort of angel magic. So that happens, and then the angels say. And you will notice they have done no searching of the town for ten people. And they haven't even visited Gomorrah. Uh, but the angels then tell Lot, uh, take your family, get out of here. If you have any in-laws, feel free to bring them along. And Lot goes and tells his sons-in-law, uh, like his future sons-in-laws, in-law sons, um, like, hey, God's going to destroy the city. And they're like, no, he's not. <laughs> uh, and the angels are like, all right, well, just go, go over there, get and Lot was like, well, I can't get that far. And they were like, well, then go to this town uh, called Z-O-A-R Zor is how I'm going to say it. Zoar. Zoar. But the angels say, like, uh, we will wait until you get to Zoar to destroy the towns, the cities. And uh, they do that. But they also say, don't look back. Don't you dare look back or you will be swept away is their exact words. So they go. And as the fire and hellfire is raining down on the city uh lot's wife who was born and raised in sodom who is aware that her hometown and everything she has ever known is being destroyed sentimentally looks back and she gets turned into a pillar of salt the of end. course of course she gets <laughs> i assumed like swept away way well, how many how many people were running um four we, okay so there were four of them and she, was, and she was the only one who she looked was the back. only one who looked back it was because it was lot uh his wife and his two daughters and the only reason i know that is because uh so i'll just include a little like uh epilogue so after the towns got destroyed by a vengeful and angry god lot's daughters were like hey how are we gonna have babies <laughs> the older daughter's like well you know we have our dad here. Oh, no. So they get, in two successive nights, they get Lot drunk, have sex with him, and become pregnant. Their father. Yes, their father. So, yeah, they, they got preggers by their dad, but that's totally cool, according to God, because they didn't get smited. And that's the story. So, recap. Abraham bargains with God, and he's like, I'm going to find ten people. He decides to stop at ten because maybe he's sure of himself, his yeah. own ability. Um, it's not clear. So I thought Abraham was going to go find that's, the ten people or make some effort. That's really the way it sounds. Yeah, but, but then it was like, nah, is that why the angels are in the city? Like, I'm assuming that's why the angels are in the city. It's never clear, and like as far as I could tell, they never go to Gomorrah. But, yeah, but I, we never... So, Lot presumably lives in Sodom. Are, so, is Sodom and Gomorrah, is that like a like a Omaha Council Bluffs type of situation where it's, or what's a more, what's <laughs> a, a more, more a more geographically local example of two cities? <laughs> Minneapolis, St. Paul. Sure. Same, same, no, still nothing. <laughs> Listen, you're going to learn one thing about me it's, as we progress. I'm very bad at, like, geography in general. So let's say like okay. so two cities, one metropolitan area. Yeah, is that is that what we're dealing with here? That's what I'm assuming. Like, there's no way they're both one city. That is definitely clear in the way the Bible presents it because they just say Sodom. They don't call it every time Sodom and Gomorrah. They just say like 
the angels went to Sodom. Okay, but it's it's mostly to save words. I'm assuming, <laughs> but regardless, Gamora is not brought up again after he's like, I'm going to destroy it. <laughs> so, okay, so Abraham uh, bargains with God. They're like, yep, we think ten's the right number. The angels go, presumably to find these ten great people. They start off with Lot. Seems great. Uh, they go hanging out at Lot's house. He's entertaining them, maybe uh, pouring them drinks, you know, having yeah. having having a grand old time. Like, uh, probably showing them, showing them his uh, pictures from their last vacation. Yeah, you know, you know and things like, like that. It's it's pretty pretty obvious in the the one I read that like Lot's pretty aware that they're angels. Like, okay, it seems very and, reasonable to assume that he knows they are angels. And presumably, the rest of the town also knows that. Because they show, because what if you just, what if you had two random house guests from out of town, you bring them to your house, and suddenly every man from your entire city is outside of your house demanding to have sex with your guests? Yeah, so. (laughs) I I will say, I couldn't find, like, um, because it's even a little sketchy as to, like, the actual existence of these cities, um, I couldn't find, like, a guesstimated population. I'm sure oh, so this map might not even be possible. This map that we want like to like create. There's an area where they believe it happened. I didn't do too much research into that just because, like, I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like some of the reading, because like I, I went on a few uh, biblical study sites asking questions about the verses and whatnot, and one of them like talked about how it's not sure where these actual places were to some degree like some places talked about there's being this like barren wasteland that is like unlivable currently which is where they think it happened so the angels show up so they seem not super phased by the fact that every man in the city wants to have sex with them so they're like we know just the solution we're gonna make some of them blind that'll slow them down we're Great. gonna make all of them we're, blind. Gonna, we're gonna make all of them bl- sorry we're gonna make so, we're gonna blind all of them just to slow them down the blindness is never mentioned again yeah. later um the only reason so then, i'm a, I'm a stickler the, for that then the, okay. i just i just want to say it's because the only the way they put it in the version i read was uh they struck the men at the door blind and previously all you knew about the men in the door was that it was every man in the city <laughs> I'm sorry to be such a stickler for this blindness, but I just really love the, all of the connection between the words. Sometimes I feel like one was written the night before and the next was written the morning after. Yeah. That. <laughs> oh, yeah. So then the angels are like, all right, we can't find the ten people, clearly, because we see that they are all awful. Uh, so that is sort of, I guess, the end of the deal that Abraham and God made. And God is going to smite the cities. And then four people are smart enough to leave Lot and his wife and their daughters. And then they leave. Cities are getting smitted, smoten. Lot's wife looks back. Boom. Salt. Yeah. <laughs> was the salt thing warned about? Was that... They said, don't look back. But they never said, or else. They never said, hey, they said if is- you look back, we're going to turn you into some sodium chloride. Like- the exact words from, from the version I read were, don't look back, or you will be swept away. So, like, See, in my no, mind... No, being swept away, isn't that a good thing? Like, Isn't that a positive experience? So, like, as adults who understand some degree how explosion works, when things explode, a physical force just, like, pushes you out. And, like, that's what I took the word swept away to mean, like, oh, you stood too close to a bomb and you got pushed back. And, like, I could see that hurting someone. 
Because in my mind, I'm perceiving this as like a meteor shower. Because they talk about like sulfur and hellfire and whatnot. I would not have placed a bet on you going to turn to salt. You're going to be something <laughs> to eat din din with. If there are any warnings I ever received from an angelic figure saying, hey, don't do this thing, maybe that's the punishment awaiting me if I, if I do. Oh, I <laughs> Every time, it's always, it's always, always transform into salt. Is that it? Do we have any, are there, are there any uh, notes, any fun asides we haven't covered that we want to make sure we, we well, sneak in here? So, a few little ones, but one that I had while we were actively recording it, the version I read talked about, like, because the one we read said people, like, ten righteous people. The version I read specifically used the word men. And I'm wondering, trying to, like, connect the mental dots of the story here to make it make sense. So if all the men from Sodom and Gomorrah came to try and fuck those angels, and it was specifically referring to people as men, then I could understand not actually searching the city. Oh, God, those poor women. Yeah. Those are... The women in Sodom and Gomorrah have to live with men yeah. who think it's okay to knock to, on a d- to go and try and have sex yeah. with angel guests. Like I, I feel like, and this is just a bet. As we go through this, we're gonna learn a lot of things about how the Bible perceives women, and I don't think they're gonna be very bright. That's just a guess. Maybe I will be wrong because they have some very positive women role models. Like Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and? Mary Magdalene, the prostitute. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we're, we're probably going to be dealing with the blatant misogyny. Uh, and, I think, and I think really as, as two straight white men, we're probably in the best place yeah. to examine and really just look at that and unpack yeah. that a little bit. That's, that's what we're here for. So one of the other, so I talked about, like, I looked up some some Jewish interpretations of it, and the one that really did stick with me a lot, that I actually think it's a better moral to take from this, especially considering other stories of the Bible have a lot to do with this, is that the grievous sin of Sodom and Gomorrah wasn't the actual, like, homosexuality part, or the, the air quotes sodomy that they were trying to get down on. It was how inhospitable they were to guests. Which I know seems like a big deal to, like, destroy two cities for. But, like, if you think about other stories, like, uh, the Good Samaritan type stuff, a lot of the Bible is just taking care of people and being hospitable. It's not a good thing still. The Bible still isn't super cool with it. And, like, the, the Christian sites that I looked at, their interpretations of, were like, some people think this, but it's really about the homosexuality. Um, I, I think it's a much better thing to take away in the fact that, like, violating the hospitality of of visiting people is a grievous enough sin to have your cities destroyed so be nice to guests yeah and don't if if you ever if you ever find yourself in a situation where you are you are running away from your city as it burns to the ground don't look back don't look back in anger no (laughs) i think that's the end of this episode i think that's how we end it i think (laughs) wonderful Love Sally can wait. She knows it's too late.